Welcome to the Writer's Mindset Podcast with me, Ellie Betts, and just me again this week. Christina is on a top secret mission to investigate some issues with mummies and necromancers. I can possibly say any more. I've already said too much. She uh, may have to kill me just for telling you that information. So let's pretend I didn't say anything. She is otherwise engaged. Uh, I'm here today to discuss with you one of our previous episodes. So one of our early episodes was titled Overcoming Perfectionism in First Drafts. I didn't listen to my own advice. So I have come back with that information for you today. I'm going to go over why it's important to let it all hang out when it comes to your first drafts. And hopefully you can use what I did as a cautionary tale to maybe not do it yourself. Despite me giving this exact advice in the original episode, which is don't try for perfectionism in your first drafts, I still didn't follow this advice with my dissertation. So my dissertation piece was hard to get through, but I think part of the reason it was hard to get through upon reflection was because I was so worried about getting it right the first time. I was so worried about making sure everything worked, making sure everything fit, making sure everything sounded right, that in actual fact, what I was trying to do was make my first draft near perfect. It wasn't until after I've finished, now that I'm here looking back a few months later, that I can see that I was trying to do that. Because I was trying to do that, obviously, the dissertation then took so much longer to write. And even though it did take that much longer to write, it still wasn't perfect. It was nowhere near perfect, obviously, because that's a first draft. First draft is not meant to be perfect. It's no way to make it perfect. Um, Terry Pratchett, I know I've quoted this before, Terry Pratchett said, the first draft is just telling yourself the story. My lovely friend Sylvia bought me a, a print of that that I have framed on my wall in the living room, and yet <laughs> I still didn't listen. In the time it took me to write the first draft of that piece, I probably could have written at least two, well, two, I want to say two shittier drafts, but shittier makes it sound like it's a bad thing. It's not, it's it's good to get those drafts out. I could have gotten through the first draft quicker, which meant I could have worked on it quicker. I could have come around to correcting it and got closer to draft two, draft three, etc. So not only would it have been more efficient to not be overthinking it and worrying about how good it sounded on the page, it was just so stressful to be forcing myself to have every word perfect. And it doesn't work. Like I was so down about the piece and struggling to get through it and even just the idea of sitting down to write it felt like horrible hard work in comparison to what I'm writing now where I've been looking forward to writing it all day so it felt like an uphill battle the whole time I was writing on it bearing in mind um you you're supposed to have an idea for your dissertation at the very start of the MA so typically this this MA is done uh, over one year because I did it part-time it was done over two which meant for the whole two years I was thinking about it I actually started the dissertation roughly a year 
before um, it was due. And by started, I mean started planning because I didn't start writing it that soon. I only started writing it a few months before it was due. So because I was overthinking it and trying so hard to make it perfect, I shot myself in the foot. It ended up taking longer. I ended up hating it. And the piece suffered for it, frankly. If I'd gotten over it and just gotten the words out and then worked on fixing them later, it would have ended up as a stronger piece. The analogy that we used in the original episode was to do with getting dressed. So that very first draft should be you putting on your underwear. Not sexy underwear, no lingerie, no tighty whities unless tighty whities are your comfort underwear. I don't don't know how these things work. But everyone puts their underwear on a different order. Everyone has a different style of underwear. You know, everyone has holes in certain pairs of pants. Just me. Okay, I'll throw them away, I promise. But what I'm talking about here is your comfy pants, your comfy bra, your favourite pair of socks, whatever it is, your most basic, comfortable underwear. That's that's what your first draft should be in terms of in relation to getting dressed. You know, the final product, when you're fully clothed, you have a coordinated outfit, you look fine. That is your final draft. Your first draft, when you are just telling yourself the story, just setting up the basics, comfy pants. Okay, that's what you need to remember. And that's what I didn't remember with that piece. It's not for anyone else to see the first draft. I was worrying too much about what my underwear looked like. Bearing in mind, in actual fact, it was the holy underwear that was really comfy, which no one should be seeing. <laughs> that's a metaphor. My, my, the draft was the underwear. I swear, I swear I don't have holy underwear. The draft was that worn out old comfy underwear. Should have been. It wasn't designed for anyone else to see. You'll be pleased to hear then that I have sort of learned my lesson. So you'll be pleased to hear that I have kind of learned my lesson now that I'm writing my first novel. I am currently writing the first draft. I am just just shy of 20,000 words. I may hit that tonight after I finish recording. And I am just letting it all hang out. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what colour it is. I don't care if it matches. Because, you know, who has time for matching underwear? Unless it's socks. I'm particular about socks. It's so much more liberating to just throw it on the page. And I mean throw it. There are places where I've gone... I don't know how to phrase this. I'll come back to it. I'll just phrase it clunky. There are places where it's really ugly. If if you know what I mean, you know where you think, oh, I need to reword all of that. Doesn't matter. It's the first draft. It's it's the holy underwear. Let's just get it out. Get it done. It's wordy. It's a bit awkward in places. There are parts where I've gone, oh, maybe Alex, who's the main character, maybe she's come across a bit too mean in the scene. Doesn't matter, that's a second draft issue. I am just focusing on getting the words on the page, messily, beautifully, wonderfully, and that's it. And it is going so much better. The dissertation piece was 12,000 words-ish, 12 to 14 or something, and it took me months to write to get to that point before I even started editing it. This, although I did write a chunk of it before, is flowing. It is flowing out because not just because I love the project, but because I'm not overthinking it. I'm not constantly worrying about how it sounds or how it looks or how it comes across because no one else is going to see this. This is just me telling myself the story and I can 
make sure it's suitable for other people's eyes later down the line. That's what I wanted to explain to you today. Hopefully you're already letting it all hang out in your first drafts. I have now learned to let it all hang out in my first drafts and I'm a much better writer for it already. So I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to keep improving. I am already excited to work on the second draft, but I'm loving writing the first draft and that's an amazing feeling. I highly recommend you give it a try. We're going to play the original episode now so you can get a bit more context around um, the metaphor as well as some other chips and pieces that are in that episode that Christina and I discuss. And if you have any questions, as always, come and hit us up in the Facebook group. It's writerscookbook.com forward slash Facebook group. This episode, we are talking about ways to combat perfectionism and anxiety around writing your first draft. So perfectionism tends to manifest as not feeling good enough or the need to feel flawless. That includes harsh self-commentary and worry about feedback from others and often comes with unachievable or unrealistic goals. It can then lead to procrastination or giving up altogether. Long term, it can cause or exacerbate depression and anxiety and can even affect relationships and health. Yeah, perfectionism is a lot more common than we think, but I've seen it confused with striving to improve or better yourself. And when you're trying to improve, it's about keeping an open mind and wanting to live your best life and providing the best service to your readers or clients. It's got nothing to do with this voice in your head saying, you suck, you suck, give up. It's easy to confuse the two, I think. Why is perfectionism specifically so detrimental to getting those first drafts done then? Because you're immediately telling yourself this first draft isn't good enough before you even had a chance to prove yourself wrong. But then it goes further than that. It's not just about one book or an idea. It's saying that you yourself are not good enough as a person. And that has a really significant impact on how you live your life. As we all know, though, the first draft is not supposed to be perfect. Harry Pratchett is one of the few people to have said the first draft is just there to tell yourself the story, right? Yeah, and they're often the hardest part and where a lot of writers get stuck. But if you can finish your first draft, you're already ahead of most writers because most writers never finish a book. Heck, some never even finish planning it because they get so caught up in the world building and the characterization. It really doesn't matter if your first draft isn't suitable for other people to read. It's not meant to be, right? Your first draft, once it's finished, is kind of like standing in a room in just your underwear. Your outfit isn't finished yet. So why are you showing it to people? You want them to judge the finished piece when it's as polished as it can possibly be. Because then when you do have something to show people, they can go, oh, maybe you need an accessory here or maybe you need a different color top. And that's the kind of feedback that is beneficial. Not someone saying, seeing you in your underwear and picking fault out of the shape of your body. Your first draft is supposed to be a starting point for you to improve on. That makes sense. I mean, most people would not be comfortable showing everyone their underwear, which is perfectly fine. Why do you compare showing people your first draft to that, though? Because it's not ready yet, and it shouldn't be. It is the essentials of what you need. It is the framework. It is your scaffolding. You want to worry about the snappy language and making it sound really clever and whatever, later that's what editing is for the sooner you get the idea out of your head the sooner you can quiet those voices and get closer to finishing your book my first drafts are often missing 
massive chunks because the first draft is me just getting the main plot down. When I do developmental editing, it often tends to add 30 or 40,000 because that's when I fill in the gaps and add in the subplots. The first draft of The Ghost's Call was about 25,000 words and it's now up to 60,000. Hollywood Destiny's first draft was 37,000 and now it's 70,000 words. So this whole thing of a first draft needing to be a complete story is utter bollocks. It sounds like it and you've got the stats to prove it there as well. You said at the start that people confuse striving to improve themselves with perfectionism. Now, I don't class myself as a perfectionist, but I do know that there are always ways I can improve my work and I try to work towards that as much as possible. That's a key facet to being a writer, in my opinion, working on your skill and honing your craft. And to be honest with you, learning that writing is a skill that you can learn and improve on was game-changing for me. I I knew how to learn things, (laughs) and having that mindset made me more confident in approaching writing and being open to improving myself. And I've been honing my skills for a few years now. I have come a long way from where I used to be. (laughs) I think your open-mindedness is a big part of that because you're always asking for feedback you're always looking for ways to learn and you have a healthy attitude to wanting to improve and it's not rooted in not feeling good enough it's just knowing that you can be better and you want to be able to compete with everything that's out there and always looking to improve and challenge yourself is a really invaluable skill But it's also a mindset thing of it's not that you don't feel good enough. It's just that you want to push yourself. You want to grow as a person. And yes, that will come naturally as you do something more often. But if you're actively seeking to improve, you will get better much faster. Whereas when it comes to perfectionism, it stops you from finishing things because you can't be objective about your own progress or product. How can we pull ourselves out of that, though? If we're stuck in that rut, what can we do to try and escape that negative point of view. It really helps to focus on other people's perspectives, not yours. And also think about, will the end result compete with what's out there? It matters if it can compete, not with what you think and what's going on right now. And that's sometimes why seeing the bigger picture and planning for the bigger picture can help, but then writing for the smaller one. You also want to make sure that you're getting feedback from people who know your genre and also care about you. You want people who will give positive and negative feedback. And most people who are trained to edit will only focus on what is wrong with your manuscript. You know, I was trained that way as well. But I love the way Alexa Whitewolf, my editor, does things because she also comments on the positive. And that is not only, you know, a confidence builder, but it also helps that you don't then accidentally change something that's working really well. Because sometimes that can be a consequence of fixing something negative is you then accidentally fix what isn't broken. So if you know something already works, but then maybe the next bit of it doesn't, you can try and balance the two out. Knowing your genre conventions is really helpful as well, because if you've factored those in mind when you're planning, you don't necessarily need to consider them as much then when you're writing and editing. They're just kind of there in the back of your head. If you train your brain to be objective as well, so you're focusing on not your thoughts, but on, okay, does this fit the genre? Is this a good story? How does it compare to the hero's journey or the snowflake method or whatever structure you're using? Not necessarily other people's writing, but the structure. 
and maybe some guides on characterization like mine on how to write believable characters or on um, some of Sasha Black's books on writing craft. If you can compare it to that kind of evidence rather than just the voices in your head, you've got something much more concrete and with actual proof and a basis to go, yeah, okay, I need to fix this or no, that's already really good and I'm judging it too harshly because I did it. And the other thing to keep in mind is that when you feel really stuck on something, you're like, I don't know what I should do with my books, so I'm just going to stop, or you don't know, or maybe you're pitching, maybe you want to publish traditionally, and you're afraid of that. Remember that a no from an agent, or the wrong answer to fixing your plot, although there's no wrong answer with it, is still a step forward, whereas being stuck in limbo is no way to live. It destroys you and it stops you from progressing. And the longer you are stuck in limbo, the more it will hold you back. And I don't want you to live your life with regrets or feeling like you are not good enough. That's really powerful. Thank you for that. We do have a couple of tips here when it comes to combating perfectionism in first draft. Shall we alternate those? Do you want to go first? Yeah, so this is one that I've actually had issues with before, which is rumination. And we just discussed it a little bit, which is pulling yourself out by thinking of other people. So rather than this voice in your head going, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, give yourself concrete stories involving other people that contradict it. Maybe you've got some friends that are really supportive. Maybe you won a poetry contest at school. Maybe you've had a positive review on something you've written before. Our next tip is gratitude. So instead of focusing on the voice that's telling you not good enough, focus on what you are grateful for. Studies have proven that this helps to change your perspective. Optimistic people also live longer. Instead of focusing on, I can't do this or I'm not good enough, focus on, actually, I'm really good at this and I'm grateful for that and I'm grateful for the ability to write and I'm grateful, etc., etc. The other thing is to be objective. Remember what's going on in your head is just an opinion. It's not necessarily even your opinion. It is your anxiety's opinion. Other people who read your work in progress will feel differently. And, you know, there will be some people who don't like it, but then those people who dislike it aren't your target audience. You want those people who feel really passionate about what you write because they are the ones who will become your advanced readers. They will spread the word about your books. They will buy everything that you sell and they will be on your side there's people who leave the negative reviews a are probably projecting their bad mood onto you but b we're never going to be on your side to begin with that's a very good point and then lastly something i mentioned a little bit earlier was breaking it down into smaller chunks so instead of thinking i have to write an entire book if that makes you feel overwhelmed break it down break it down say i have to write this one chapter or i have to write this one scene or even this one paragraph if that's how far you need to break it down and Make sure you are rewarding yourself afterwards. Yeah, never forget your reward. It's really important because it will train your brain to associate this thing that you're scared of or that you're punishing yourself with almost is um, then associated with something more positive. And over time, it retrains your brain and builds the happy chemicals. And um, frankly, we all need more cookies and gaming in our life. Amen to that. To sum up then, don't listen to the voices in your head that are telling you you are not good enough. You are good enough, and if you persevere, you can get there. Yes, indeed. If something we have said has resonated with you, don't feel alone in your thoughts or questions. Come hang out on our free Facebook group. It's a safe place to talk all things writing, mental health, and publishing. You can check it out at writerscookbook.com forward slash Facebook group. 
And if you want to hear more from us, don't forget to tap that shiny, shiny subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. To support the podcast's future so that we can help more writers overcome their creative roadblocks and achieve or even exceed their writing goals, you can support us on Patreon for less than a coffee a month. Visit writerscookbook.com forward slash support if you want to find out more. See you next time. Thank you.